Hey, thanks for pressing play on this episode of the Jock and Nerd podcast. Jock and Nerd! This week on the show, Aquaman adds an 80s action star. Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2 has many, many post credit scenes. The Star Wars Last Jedi teaser, well, teases Star Warsy things. Fate of the Furious makes stupid money at the box office, and Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. may come back for a season five. Surely you can't be serious. I am serious, and don't call me Shirley. Plus a superhero science segment with our official podcast science advisor, Adam Morris, and a special offer for you, the listener, from a listener. Geerific. All that and tangents. Lots and lots of tangents in this edition of the Jock and Nerd Weekly for Friday, April 21st, 2017. Check. Check one. All right. This is for all you fans out there. Let's give it up. Jock and Nerd. Oh yeah, what's up, what's up, listener? Welcome to the Jock and Nerd Podcast, the place for every week. You can get your geek on, and you can get your freak on. Uh, my name is Imran. My name's Anthony. He's the jock. He's a nerd. And also joining us, you can't see him, but believe me, this is a shirtless rug boy. What's up, you sweaty, felty American? What's up, dude? <laughs> oh my God, I didn't expect that. How's it going, motherfuckers? There you go. See, I got rugs. Points, bonus points. Yeah. Points for me. That's hard to do. Uh, thanks for checking this out. If you are a first time listener, this is the weekly show where we love to geek out about comic book and superhero related things, movies, TV shows, uh, and actual comic books. Sometimes, uh, th- this show, we got a whole bunch of news we're going to get into. Uh, we got a science clip from our official jock and nerd podcast, science advisor, Adam Morris. We got a nice science of superheroes audio clip. And at the very end, stay tuned to the end. Because we have a special offer for you, the listener, from a listener. Geek Mode Nerd. Only here at the Jock and Nerd Podcast. Before we start, though, I think we got to do a little bit of uh, jock news, Anthony. Because I know some people, they see the name of our show and, and they, they're like, they get excited about the concept about a jock and a nerd, and they listen, and I think they're sadly uh, disappointed. Lame. Because we, we do... We should totally, we should totally re- rename the show. We can't now. It's too late. Yeah, it's I been know. two years. 163 episodes. Uh, so, we're, we look, we obviously, if you're listening, we skew very nerdy, but I'm going to balance it out every now and then. Let's do a really quick Chicago sports update. Oh, with, for for our millions of fans with the jock for all. Well, this is okay. You want to do just? I'm just gonna. No, say, I'm gonna do. I'm doing Chicago. Okay, let's start. Playoff hockey's on. How are the Blackhawks doing? Oh, uh, they got swept. <laughs> okay, moving on. Playoff. Oh, let me just let me yeah. just go with this comment. They they were favored to probably win the Stanley Cup. ESPN had them like winning the first round like every person that could predict yeah with a, within a fucking opinion predicted them to win in the first round and they, yeah. they lost four games to nothing yeah i noticed they couldn't even score a goal no, for they scored first three goals games. in four games holy crap oh, okay that's not good no they suck okay well that that uh that that's quite disappointing <laughs> lots of white people like black hawks <laughs> they do there's a lot of bad white people because there's no a lot black of bad white people well okay yeah. let's uh how about uh playoff basketball how are the bulls doing 
<laughs> so it's like bizarro world in the Chicago. The Bulls were like this terrible enigma the entire season. Yeah. And I might like pause because I'm currently watching the Bulls as we record this. Okay. Um, but they're up two games to nothing over the Celtics. Oh, crap. Uh, which is significant because they're the number eight seed and the Celtics were the number one seed. Wow. And no one really would have predicted this. So. Wow. And they're up two games to nothing. Good for yeah, them. Trying to win this home game and go up 3-0. And if they go up 3-0, then it's never been done before that team's come back from down. Whoa, whoa. And uh, where is it at right now? It's in Chicago. They're losing, actually. They're, oh, actually they're losing right now. Okay. Really bad. Their point guard, Rajon Rondo, got hurt. Uh, broke his thumb or fractured his thumb. So they're not looking really good right now. Okay, but still hopeful. But it's like a bizarro world. Yeah, Chicago. yeah, yeah. You never expected the Cubs Bulls. Cubs won the World Series. The Blackhawks are this favorite, and they like got swept. The Bulls were this shitty-ass team that no one really wanted to even make the playoffs, and they're like doing well. But like now Rondo's hurt, so... I think the lesson here is since the Cubs won, the rest yeah. of Chicago just cannot have a nice thing. Yeah, not for like another hundred years. You get no nice things. <laughs> How are the Cubs doing? That shit started up again. I know they're still they're hundred. They're doing okay. I mean, they started out twenty-five and six last year, so everyone's like expecting that, and they're like nine and eight or eight and seven somewhere around there. So they're doing like they're just an average team right now, but it's early and. They're still like the favorites. Everyone, yeah, expectations. A lot of people think they're going to win it to again. Win it again. Yeah, yeah I mean, they're fucking. Stacked. That's like lightning striking twice in the same. But in baseball, I, even I think it's different in baseball because you're building this team and like once you get a momentum oh, yeah. started, like it wasn't like last year. It was like some fluke. They were clearly the best team. Yeah, like they had the most talent ever on, on out of any major league. Team. And I mean, they've been building this thing for like the last five, six years. So they're like they're talented and they're young. Like all their best players yeah. are like twenty six or, young, or younger. My felty <laughs> prediction is that they'll make it. Uh, they'll do a decent run, but they won't get into the uh, the uh, World Series. Mm. It's hard. It's hard to win. It's hard to repeat. But they're like really good. They're like the they're the best team again. Wow. I mean, that doesn't necessarily mean you're going to win. I think they're going to establish themselves as a formidable team, like from now on, because now they have kind of they can keep that momentum going. They're not. It's just weird how they're not the lovable losers anymore. They're redoing large parts of Wrigley Field. All these upgrades. It's going to get all like swanky and gentle. Corporate now. Yeah, Yeah, it's kind of ruined. The charm, uh, whatever. I saw the ring. It's quite (laughs) blingy. I like how your comment that it ruined the charm is. When's the last time you went to a Cubs game? Uh, what year is it? Uh, I don't know. <laughs> oh my uh, God, they ruined the charm. In I'm other saying, news, esports. I don't want them to ruin the charm of the neighborhood, though. Like uh, that would be a shame because it is really cool where that is and the history behind it. All right, you know what? I'm bored already. That's enough. I know. Let's get to the real stuff. The Geek real news, stuff. people. There's look. We'll we'll talk sports again in another 175 games when they win the World Series again. Whatever. Uh, <laughs> look, listener, if you want to chime in, you want to reach out and touch one of us, make uh, I'm really ticklish. So excuse me. Yeah. Uh, just visit jockinner.com slash contact for all the ways to contact us. Uh, you got your Twitter, your Facebook, your Facebook group where everyone hangs out and shares news. It's lots of fun. Speak pipe email, yada, yada, et cetera, et cetera. Let's start with some DCEU news. Aquaman is added. Uh, Dolph Lundgren. To its cast. Oh, shit. Uh, <laughs> iconic. If he swims, he swims. <laughs> iconic. Look, Dolph Lundgren, he's going to be playing King Nearest in James Wan's Aquaman. And Nearest rules the kingdom of Zebel, and he also wants to uh, Mira for himself. So there's going to be a little bit of a love triangle. Jesus. This is, yeah, so now, but there's a lot of villains in this. 
Uh, you also have Yaya Abdul-Mateen II playing Black Manta and Patrick Wilson as Ocean Master. So Aquaman's going to have King Neris, Black Manta, Ocean Master. But before we get to that, Dolph Lundgren, what a crazy career. I feel like he's kind of having, thanks to Arrow a little bit, he's going to have like a little bit of a comeback. And he's kind of still badass. Oh, like, I wouldn't credit Arrow. I would credit more of the Expendables. The Expendables also, I forgot yeah, about that. Yeah, and then so we saw him And don't forget Johnny Mnemonic. <laughs> I mean, the guy, look, Ivan Drago. He-Man, Punisher, yeah, uh, just great. All terrible. 80s, all Universal terrible. Soldier. Universal Soldier. Good. Okay. Uh, you know, you have fond memories of uh, the young Dolph Lundgren. Did you watch any of Dolph Lundgren's, like, the movies that he directed that were, like, B-movies that he did himself, that he directed? He's directed B-movies? Yeah, of yeah. himself. Oh, of himself, with himself? Yeah. There was one where he had like some chick that was pretty hot, and uh, and he had to be her bodyguard. It was interesting. There was a lot of them. They were they were on all on Netflix for a while. Yeah, that was like the only thing that was on Netflix when it first came out. It was like all Dolph Lundgren movies. So under director, there's movies like called like The Defender. Yeah, look up the, his IMDb. The Russian Specialist. Yeah. Missionary Man, Command Performance. That's the, the one. The and then the Killing Machine. Yeah. There you go. I don't know. I love the Dolph Lundgren. He's a, he's badass on Arrow, uh, kicking the shit out of Oliver in the flashbacks as a Russian bratva, and uh, now he's joining the DCEU. Good for him. I kind of like it. Yeah, actually, I, I'm not even gonna say I kind of like it. I I like it. I like I like everyone that Aquaman. I think everything they've Aquaman's done so far. I'm like, well, I kind of like that. I like that. That's gonna be cool. The movie is showing a lot a lot of promise, and uh, I like what James Wan is doing. I'm really Dolph Lundgren's got that like. He's always been kind of a comic book character, anyways. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and he so can might be. Well a, stick a, him in a, a comic book movie. Yeah. The first one since uh, what? Either Punisher or He Man. I don't know which one came out. Uh, I think late, Punisher late, was latest. after, and He Man was first. He belongs yeah. in these kind of films. He kind of does, and uh, he's got he's got the whole fucking like he's got it all. Like he's a fucking tall European, good looking dude. Now he's yeah. like a tall old European, yeah. still like kind of good looking. He's, he's, he's that, a comic book guy. Yeah, no, he's got that tough, kind of chiseled, very uh, unique face that, yeah, that, he's got uh, that, that strong jawline exudes strong his character. Line. Yeah, right away. Like, he's a good presence. Uh, good for the Dolph Lundgren. Did you know in uh, Rocky Four? Yeah. Quick side note. Yeah. When he was filming that, Stallone was like, yeah, punch me. Like, just fucking <laughs> punch me, dude. For yeah, real. Like, yeah. And he, like, like, I'm a little over-exaggerating, but he had to, like, go to the hospital because he punched him so hard in the chest. <laughs> He like had a like Dolph Lundgren was gigantic. He was jacked. He still is. Yeah, he is. But like Stallone was like big, but like Dolph Dolph Lundgren was like a good six to eight inches taller and like a good fifty pounds. Yeah, like actually participated in like karate or like in some sort of martial arts and like Uh, you know like like caved in his chest. Because look, he had all that communist equipment for training, and all fucking Rocky had was like a rope. uh, See that movie with him and um, Brandon Lee, Showdown in Little Tokyo. I did. I saw that one too, where the yeah, the girl gets her head cut off. Yeah, yeah Tia oh, Carrere oh. has like that stunt double that actually does the nude scene, but it was yeah. Her. I was disappointed. I, I was real disappointed when I found out that wasn't yeah, her. that wasn't her. Oh. False advertising. What a tease! Yeah, no, that's good. I'm excited for Aquaman being it's like the only the last movie we know is definitely getting made. Showdown uh, in little was a little Tokyo. Was that was a Drew Struzan? Uh, did a poster for that, right? Oh, did he? Oh, because yeah. it had the uh, with Kurt Russell. No, that's that's something no. else. No, that's Does a different it? one. That's Showdown in Little Tokyo is 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 different than the other one you're talking about. 
That is completely big something trouble else. Little t- China. You're, yeah, you're uh, thinking of yeah, big yeah. trouble in little China. Asians, right? fuckers. Uh, again, it's all the same shit. Yeah, right. yeah <laughs> little yeah. China, little Tokyo. Who gives a shit? Uh, wow, showdown, little Tokyo has a great cheesy poster, also though. So yeah, yeah I know. All I remember is it has the guy that plays Shang Tsung as the villain in Mortal Kombat. Yeah, I, I, that, that, that Japanese guy is like my the favorite guy. My favorite, like, n- like nobody knows what his name is. Asian in in every eighties movie is the yeah. guy who played Genghis Khan in Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure because he was like in every movie. Oh, he was yeah, always yeah. the first guy to get killed in every movie. He was right. He and he's in. Uh, he was in Die Hard. He's in Rapid Fire. He's in Rapid Fire. That guy is. I've noticed that too. That guy is in every. Al Leung. Okay, yeah. wait. Let's quick sidebar. Yeah, let's. There's all the shit. Al Leung is known for. Al Young is the Asian gangster in. Uh, oh, he was in the Greatest American Hero, Heart to Heart, Knight Rider, Magnum PI, The Equalizer, Hunter, Airwolf, Twilight Zone, The Fall Guy, TJ Hooker, Big Trouble, in Little China, The A Team, Simon and Simon, Lethal Weapon, Steel Justice, Action Jackson, Die Hard, They Live, Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure, Black Rain, Yeah, uh, the the Perfect Weapon, Showdown in Little Tokyo, he's in that too, Rapid Fire. Uh, Renegade, Last Action Hero, Beverly Hills Cop 3, oh, Double Dragon, Escape yeah. from L.A., Godzilla. I remember from Lethal Weapon. <laughs> Lethal Weapon 4. He's been in every fucking movie that we've the, seen. He was on that 70s show. He is evil. He is he said, Oh, he was in 24. He was in Deadwood. Holy crap, this guy's really been in everything. Just like Genghis Khan like populated all of, all of like Mongolia, he populated every movie. Al Leung needs like a uh, lifetime achievement award for being the badass Asian guy oh, yeah. in almost every movie. You know when he shows up that he's a bad guy. Yeah, you know that's great. He does have an evil face. Did he, he die? Is he still alive? No, no, he's uh he's still alive. Dude, maybe he does conventions. You can get his autograph. I bet we could bag an interview with Al Leung if I just oh. email the right people. He, he's gonna contact you. I guarantee <laughs> it. That's gonna be hard. Um, other DCU news, uh, Watchmen, the awesome celebrated book by Alan Moore, Dave Gibbons, that was made into a pretty good movie by the Zack Snyders. Gotta give them that much. Uh, uh, you know, uh, it's getting an R-rated animated adaptation. Do you feel this is necessary? No, I, that's my first question is, is why, what is this necessary? The one thing that sets this apart, they're saying... Look, they already made a live action. They're going to be even more faithful to the source material. But they made and they a motion were- comic. That's pretty much an animated thing yes, already. That's what it reminded me of. They said they want to do this in the animation style that mirrors the source material, kind of like what they did with Batman Year One and the Dark Knight and Killing Joke. I'll kinda- give you one reason. Well, yeah. besides money. Yeah. I'll give you one reason they're doing it. It's because a lot of people actually don't like that live action version. <laughs> The movie, uh, maybe not uh, a complete fan favorite. <laughs> I think that that one's like, I mean, there's a lot of people that love it. Don't get me wrong, but yeah. I think it's it's one of those more polarizing. Well, what happened now is it's got the Snyder stench on it. So, like, yeah. people just hate Snyder. So now that movie is, like, been locked away. They're like, no one likes that anymore. So it's done. You know, they, here's, here's the real question, though. Yeah. Does the live action or the, does the animated version show the penis? The penis. <laughs> of course. Oh shit. Now, well, does it show the penis and will it also include the story within the story? I mean, do you really need the penis? <laughs> I mean, you I mean, want that, that, really in the comics he was wearing a black black trunks, right? Yeah, they, I mean, no, they should have no, You saw it. Once in a you while. saw a bit, you so saw the penis. blue penis. Yeah. 
But it wasn't like moving and stuff. Like it wasn't in the fucking movie. (laughs) You know, there was in 2015. HBO was uh, looking to do a a live action version of this. And I don't know if that's ever going to happen. But like you said, Ruggs, I remember when this motion comic came out, they did each chapter by each book. And I like bought it. And it was actually, it's really good. It's voiced really well. And it uses the original art. And it's just, they're just kind of like subtly moving. Wasn't it voiced by a guy even in the girl parts? Oh, I don't remember. I think it was. That was the I'll, weird thing about it, I think. I'll put a link to this article in the show notes, listener. You can watch chapter one at jockinair.com slash 163. I thought it was really cool because it really did. It did faithfully do everything that was in the book. And it was, uh, I don't know why this is necessary, but they, you know, they, the killing joke, I think, went sideways for them a little bit. They're like, oh boy, let's try Let's try well, that that's one. because they fucked up. They should have just plus, done the graphic novel and not done the other shit to it. Plus, they're tying it into the Rebirth stuff. Like, Oh, what? That's the other thing. <laughs> what? Oh, that changes it. Well, I, them try, tying it into the Rebirth stuff yeah. is kind of, is like, a, well, I don't know. Isn't all, don't that, that all that integration supposed to start up soon? It's happening now in Batman oh, I mean, it already 20, it happened with yeah. Rebirth. Rebirth initially started it all. Yeah, but they haven't talked about like the button and the actual Watchmen, and but now it's gonna be more about the button and Batman, and we're gonna start to see the Watchmen characters, I believe, from what I was reading, in uh. in finally show up. And why is this happening? And blah blah blah. So it might just be the hype again on thing. I I think it's a little unnecessary, but whatever. Uh, another animated property on the Marvel side, thus animated Spider Man film by Sony. They have cast their Miles Morales. This movie is going to be about Miles Morales, which may get a little bit confusing after Spider-Man Homecoming, where they've stolen a lot of Miles Morales things, and then you're just going to see it again in this animated movie. Anyways, Shameik Moore, one of the breakout stars of Dope and The Get Down on Netflix, will voice Marvel superheroes uh, animation's untitled Spider-Man feature project about Miles Morales and uh, Ray Donovan's uh, Liv Schreiber is joining to be a voice of a villain. We don't know who that is. Mm. Phil Lord and Chris Miller writing and producing. Uh, first of all, I love Shamik Moore. I love Dope. Rugs, did you watch the second half of the Get Down? They released the second half of season one episode. No, I didn't make it through the first one. I love the Get Down, despite what you made, uh, what what you think. Yeah, it's it's I almost like it was, a comic book. I think book. it's fine, but I think it's yeah. just overrated. That's all. It's he's really good in that. His name is uh, he plays a DJ called Shaolin Fantastic. It's really like a live action cartoon, the whole show. And and rugs, when you watch the second part, here's what you're going to notice in the first half of the get down. There was little transitions that were animated. Remember that they had like uh, cartoon uh, drawings for like transitions. And it kind of looked like Ed Piscor's hip hop family tree Uh, in the second half. There are whole scenes that are animated. Like, it turns into a cartoon for whole scenes. Hmm. Not just transitions. Like, it goes into cartoon, and it comes out. And at first, it kind of took me out. And I was like, this is weird. But by the end of watching it, I really love the series. And you realize that the whole show is like a live-action cartoon. Pretty much. Hmm. So, it, it's I, interesting. We, yeah. We've... we've- Going on a tangent on every single news bit so far. This is good. Yeah, yeah. This, this is, is going to be a three-hour show. This is sure. the tangent show. We're talking about the fucking get-down right now. Oh, my God. <laughs> Did the you watch that, Anthony? No. I like the get-down. <laughs> I recommend it. Okay, moving on. <laughs> I'd like to hear his opinion. 
Yeah, you should watch it. It's a fun show. It's, a good, have, good it's music. I'll put that up there with uh, Stranger Things, yeah, he's never, Arrow, he's Flash, never, he's never. Supergirl, Two Seasons, Agents of yeah, S.H.I.E.L.D. When, I got a lot. When he's finished working out and banging girls, he'll get right to it. Bro, do you even I'll podcast? Right <laughs> he's never going to watch it. Okay, let's talk about Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2 a little bit. Because it's coming out May 5th, or two weeks out, which is when the review embargo lifts. And this the next two weeks is critical uh, in terms of not getting spoiled, it's gonna be very do, do hard. Do your best not to spoil us, Imran. I'm trying. Okay, I'm. I haven't read anything either, and I've already spoiled some things just by scrolling. But here's what we're gonna do. I'm gonna. I'm gonna tiptoe very gently because even uh, on Twitter, Adam Morris was uh, telling us some things that he heard, and then he's like, "It's blackout time." Because yes, two weeks out. I don't want to know anything else, but there's already it's they, they put them in the headlines of these articles, cameos. I'm not gonna mention any of it. The only thing I'm gonna mention is that the early initial reactions. The line kept coming up. This is the MCU at its very best. Geek Mona. So yeah, that's looking at these now. That's something, and I, I, I just skimmed it. I barely read it. Uh, so that's something I just wanted to put out there. This is the initial feeling. That's very exciting. Like I'm, Guardians I'm, got about, good buzz. That's basically it's what got we're very good buzz, which we know helps movies opening weekend. I think I said this before on the show, but out of the three Marvel movies that are coming out this this year, yeah, this. This surprises me the least. Like I, I almost knew that this is going to be that great. this is going to be a hit. Yeah, yeah, this is going to be a great, look like a really good film. And I, I don't know about great, but I knew it, like they, they, they can't. This won't fail. It's going to be a fun ride. You know, some of the things I've tried not to get spoiled are uh, things like uh, James Gunn has. There was a lot of cameos, and I didn't want to read who were the cameos, but I also saw somewhere that he removed a lot of these cameos. Uh, so. Huh. Th- so it makes no sense what you just said. It, there, right. uh, for example, remember <laughs> a year ago, we uh, it was a year ago when they started filming. We talked about Nathan Fillion playing Wonder Man and how he was an actor. And there was these posters on the set of like him playing Tony Stark in a biopic. Uh, well, apparently the Fillion scene has been cut. Hmm. So means nothing. Anyways, All right. the other important thing is that. This movie has so many post-credit scenes, listener, guys. There's not one, not two. Apparently, there's five. Oh, shit. Five post-credit scenes at that point. Why don't you just make the movie longer? What are you doing? Why do you need five post-credit scenes? Uh, That's crazy. And uh, I don't think they've, they've not done that many before in a Marvel movie. So, Well, it's like the Lord of the Rings ending. Yeah, it just keeps going. I, you know, it's going to get to the point where they're going to run the credits in the middle of the movie, and then the movie just continues after nine minutes of credits. They're it, like, we have a huge just, post-credit they just scene. Pepper the whole movie with credits. <laughs> just every so often, the credits just keep going. Yeah, the whole time. Five. Yeah. So Screen Rant had tweeted, you know, Guardians of the Galaxy has four post-credit scene. James Gunn replies, "Well, five actually." <laughs> and I was like, "Oh shit!" He's talking with them. <laughs> So again, yeah, I don't know about five. Here's here's the thing: is in the next two weeks, this is something else you're going to have to try to avoid getting spoiled. What these post credit scenes are. Uh, another thing that's a little spoilery that they released, but I checked out was the soundtrack list, uh, which is important in the Guardians of the Galaxy franchise because we know the first one had that awesome volume mix. The story kind of uh, when the soundtrack informed the story, and the and the story informed the soundtrack, and it kind of. The songs tell a tale. So I I took a peek at the soundtrack list. It's got some great 70s cuts. Like he had a little bit more money to clear more rights for bigger songs. Do you guys think it's spoilery if we go over the soundtrack list? 
I don't really want to know. It's gonna okay. Kind of, I mean, it's gonna ruin when I when I hear it. That, that's true because part of part of the charm of that first movie is when you hear these songs yeah uh, like for the first time like they get you pumped up because they're so perfect okay that's fine completely understandable listener i'll put a link in there if you want to check it out here's one i do have to share with you and the listener okay go for it it is a track it's the last track on this thing it's called guardians inferno by a band called the sneepers co-written by james gunn featuring None other than David Hasselhoff. Oh, shit. Whoa. Okay, now we are going to play a portion of this because this, this is, it's a 70s disco track with, the, and it's written with Hasselhoff rapping over it, but it's not really rapping. It's more of a dramatic reading, very like Shatner-esque, you know? Hmm. You guys, you have to check this out. Hold on. This is fucking hilarious. No people skills, but he's good with motors. That weird thing by his side, an infantilized sequoia. The two of them walk by, people say, oh boy. They ask me why I'm bringing a baby into battle. That's really irresponsible and getting them rattled. I say, give me a break. Get off of my back, parents. I didn't learn parenting. My daddy was a planet. I love the music, but what the shit is Hasselhoff saying? What is? Oh my god! Uh, wow, that was the worst thing I've ever heard right. In my that, life. <laughs> that what is David? It's got to ha- be done on purpose. It's got to be terrible on purpose. Yeah, That's the only it's thing terrible. On purpose. It seems very affected. Look, he's huge in Germany. I love the music. That fucking seventies disco is great. But I thought that was fucking. I had yeah. to share that. I was like, David Hasselhoff is rapping on the Guardians of the Galaxy soundtrack. And we also know this. James Gunn will write and direct Guardians of the Galaxy 3. He's not sick of it, or they gave him lots of dough. Yeah, he's all in. He clearly, he has a plan. And, you know, you know, you know, I think he was, what he said was, uh, his exact quotes is he was hesitant. You know how third movies are. Uh, The third movie always sucks, and it's a big joke. Um, So he says, so yes, I'm returning to write and direct Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3. He said, I needed to know it was in my heart what I truly felt called to do. There is a history in Hollywood of haphazard endings to trilogies, and I didn't want to become a part of that dishonorable tradition of pretending the third one doesn't exist. I couldn't do it for the money, and I couldn't do it because it was what other people wanted me to do. I needed to do it because it was what I needed to do. I've never made choices in my career based on anything other than passion and love for the stories and characters. And I didn't want to start now. So he wants to do it because, like you said, he's not sick of it. He's, he's still loving these characters. And they gave him a shitload of money, probably. And they probably did give him a shitload of money. And this movie will probably make a shitload of money for Marvel. But that's good to see that he's still he's still there. I read that ever since Marvel kind of restructured and got away from Ike Premium Perlmutter, Pearl, the Perlmutter, yeah, Perlmutter, and went more under Disney. That it's actually been a lot better for directors. Wow, a lot of them are are, are a lot happier. Hmm. I mean, and then you're just going to get fantastic product. The talent's happy. The company's happy. A product is happy. Well, That's awesome. It seems like Gunn is like the guy that heads up the space and Russo's are like the guy that head up the earth side of things. Like if you look at like Thor Ragnarok, like you can't tell me that's not influenced by guardians. Yeah, no, that's uh that is interesting. And he doesn't have to play around 
in Marvel continuity, really, so far, uh, if you think about it. Wants, yeah. Really. He's out in space doing whatever the fuck he wants. Now the Guardians are going to show up in Avengers 3 and 4. Well, it's because the Guardians, no one even, like, when they announced that movie, even, like, hardcore Marvel fans were like, what? Guardians? Yeah. Who the fuck are they? Yeah, and I mean, and it's great. Brilliant move. You have nothing to lose, really. Yeah, when, you, when you're playing with stuff that nobody gives a shit about, you can do anything you want. You, right. You can't lose. No, and he, he took you the ball. No one's going to be like, you're not loyal to the source material. Gamora is supposed to fucking be Thanos' daughter or right. some shit. Like, and no one I'm, cares. Yeah, nobody's complaining that these aren't like the original Guardians from like right. the 70s or the Guardians suite. Like, it doesn't matter. What he's created fits in perfectly, despite not playing in the main continuity, it fits in perfectly with the MCU. And, you know, this could be a three great movies. Like, the third movie. It's always shaky, and I would. I we have yet to see someone nail it. Uh, and I think Gunn can do it. Oh. He's the man. So speaking of uh, Phase Three and Phase Four and what's coming in the future, there's been some articles out about Kevin Feige talking about like we don't even know if we're going to call Phase Four Phase Four. Like everything's going to change. When are we going to see more new stuff? It'll be at San Diego because Marvel will be returning to Hall H. At Comic-Con again this year. Oh, shit. Which is always very exciting. So what do you guys what do you guys want, want to see from them? I think Black Panther. They just wrapped production on Black Panther. They're, I can tell you, first off, low-key. Yeah. I almost bought tickets to Comic-Con. Oh, snap. Really? I was trying to go with a couple buddies, but it literally sold out. What was the like, impetus we, for this year? Just because it's been, it's been a while? Uh, some friends never have gone, and they're like, ah, you want to go? Ah. And I'm like... Yeah, kind of want to go. And plus, like, so leading into the Hall H question, yeah, I, there's no doubt in my mind that obviously they're going to show Black Panther stuff, but there's no doubt that they're going to show Avengers stuff. Infinity War stuff. Infinity yeah. War, yeah, yeah. yeah. And people are going to go nuts. Like, it wouldn't surprise me if they bring out the entire cast. Oh, my God. They could fill that stage with so many. It's going to be they, so they much it. hype there. It's going to be crazy. Yeah. Last year, they showed us Black Panther, Doctor Strange, Guardians of the Galaxy, and then oh, Brie Larson like, as Captain Marvel. We when we got through, it, like Friday and Saturday, we're already sold out. Like all that was left was Sunday. It's almost impossible to buy those tickets, isn't it? Like, uh, it's not impossible. It's just you got to be on and then get, kind of get lucky. They also, Fiji said that they're not shooting Avengers three and four back to back anymore huh. because uh, it's just crazy. Like to have to schedule all that shit. I think they realize they're like, okay, let's just make one fucking good movie at a time. Uh, That's so, probably a good move. It's probably a good move. So, um, you know, because the fourth Avengers movie is going to have to end a lot of characters. Yeah, when, whenever they film those movies back to back, are they ever any good? Look, Back to the Future 2 and 3 were filmed back to back. Two, are they? Arguably better than three. Yeah, that's like, the thing. One of, like, them, one of them suffers. Yes. Right? They usually do that to save money or to lock up the actors right, while like, they have them. You know? So what about Lord of the Rings? They shot all those at the same time, I believe. Yeah, well. That's a different thing. Because and you kind of had to. But then the like, like you point to like the Matrix movies. They filmed those back to back. I don't think anyone remembers two or three. No, I remember them all. Like, I, like were they like, were you like, wow, these are, these are awesome. I films. just remember that I was disappointed in the second one. Yeah. I, and the third one was okay, but they couldn't, they couldn't undo what happened in the second. I confuse two and three all the time. Like I can't remember what happened. In I can't remember movie. two or th- like, I can't distinguish two or three. Yeah. At all. Yeah. It's just a big mush. So, look, get your tickets, or don't get your tickets, listener. You're shit out of luck. Sorry. No, you can't get your tickets. No, that's not you happening. You literally can't. Like, Comic-Con is, like, impossible. You can't resell your tickets. 
Um, they're registered. They're, they're like it's they're non-transferable, non-refundable. Yeah. They ain't fucking around at San They don't Diego. fuck around. So, like I just said a year ago, Marvel introduced Brie Larson, announced her as playing Captain America. Was that a year ago? That was at San Diego Comic Con last summer. Oh, wow. So, almost a year later, Captain Marvel has landed not one director, a pair of directors. Uh, the the long search for the Captain Marvel director is over. According to Variety, Mississippi Grind directors Anna Bowden and Ryan Fleck will helm the upcoming superhero film starring Brie Larson. Interestingly, Bowden and Fleck had not been previously linked to the picture. The shortlist that they had was, uh, which makes sense, was a bunch of women directors. It was Rebecca Thomas, Nikki Caro, Leslie Linka Gladder, Jennifer Kent, Jennifer Yu. Lauren Scafaria and Sam Taylor Johnson was also had been approached, but this is what I find interesting. This is Marvel's first, you know, it's taken them this long. This movie isn't coming out till 2019 to do a lead female superhero. DC is going to beat them to the punch with Wonder Woman directed by a woman. And now instead of just giving this movie to a woman, they have to put a man in there with them. <laughs> it's interesting. They're a team though. They are a team, and uh, they their filmography includes also Half Nelson, and it's kind of a funny story, as well as TV work, working on episodes of The Affair and Billions. Mm-hmm. So, another pair of TV directors, like the Russo brothers, and there is a woman. Well, you have some, a woman's point of view in there. You have least. a woman's point of view in there, yeah. Better than nothing. And the, 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 the script is being written on... By two women, Meg LeFauve, who worked on Inside Out, and Nicole Perlman from Guardians of the Galaxy. So the script, you got two women on the script. It's it was like a Wonder Woman. I mean, it like they had to have a woman involved. I feel like it was They're more like, like they had to just shove a dude in there. Like they couldn't just have a woman. Well, like, have, oh, you, seen I, a I woman have you seen either of these movies? Nope. Well, I haven't seen, I've seen Half Nelson, but it was such a long time ago, I don't remember. Okay, it, but okay. I remember it being very good. It's about a teacher. And, um, this other movie is about gambling. And Mississippi Grind? Yeah. Okay. And um, from what I remember, they're very good. They make very good movies. So I, I would I have some idea that it's based on their talents and not based on politics or yeah. whatever is good. I think, you know, you get the best director you can. Absolutely. And, like, again, look at Marvel's track record. All the directors have been solid so far. They haven't screwed up. The- All men. All men. <laughs> That's true, right? Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Now we got. They almost had a woman. Uh, I think it was Patty Jenkins who, who, who jumped she, to do. Well, do you remember? Woman, but she almost did Thor: Dark World. See, this has all like been done before, though. Remember when Aeon Flux came out? They had Karen Kusama, who did Girl Fight, was the director. Okay. And they were like pushing this whole girl power thing because yeah. Aeon Flux was like the sexual, yep. uh, like kind of dominatrix that was like a you know like kind a of badass assassin, yeah, badass, yeah. badass assassin that was kind of you know, had uh, the leader of the free world in her grasp, you know, and uh, they, they had the female director and everything. So I don't know. It's like, this has all been done before. I feel like that we're, because this is a comic book hero, like Aeon Flux did not do good at the box office. It it totally flopped. So it's weird. You never know. And And that movie wasn't even terrible. It was actually a decent movie. I, you know, I never watched it. That was Charlize Theron, right? I remember. Uh, She's doing that. uh, I never saw it though. I remember watching Aeon Flux. She is the villain in Fast and Furious. She is the new bad. We'll get to that. Oh, believe me. We got Fast and Furious. So, all right. Captain Marvel. It's got some directors. There's a woman and there's a man. Good. Another uh, Disney property released a little teaser, and that's Star Wars. We got 
a teaser. It's called a teaser, but it's a long ass teaser uh, for episode eight, The Last Jedi. Now, before we begin, I have to make a note to my buddy, Mr. Throwback Thursday, Jamie Robinson from the Mr. Throwback Thursday podcast, because I listened to their recent episode and him and Bill, who are host the show, they have not watched the teaser and they're like, I'm not going to check it out. I don't want to get spoiled. And then he even said, he's like, I know Jock and Nerd are going to talk about it. I'm just going to have to skip past it. So first of all, thanks for listening. Uh, second of all, for you, Jamie Robinson, I will put in the show notes exact time codes of when we stop talking about the teaser. And you can jump to there. But before you jump ahead, I just, I'm going to give you this disclaimer. And you guys, I think you can back me up as you can watch this. It really doesn't give away a lot. No, it doesn't. It, it doesn't give away anything at all. Almost frustratingly. So. Jump ahead, Jamie Robinson. We will continue talking about this teaser that is a full, like, uh, two minutes long. Uh, now, I have a couple of issues with this. Anthony, let's start with you, the casual Star Wars fan. What did you think of this trailer? Any observations? It starts out just like the first teaser from the last Star Wars movie with that sudden, like, Oh, yeah. Ring, and then the character appears, the main character. Yes. Um other than that, I mean, as a Star Wars non-fan, uh, there wasn't a lot for me to go on. I mean, you get te- uh, teases of Luke at the end, right? Yeah. I did read a spoiler online, but I'm not going to say anything. I know. There's so much speculation there, there, of this a, thing now. <laughs> there is like a spoiler that was listed online, but I won't say it right now. But I, there wasn't much for me. I mean, this is really, again... And I, I know, like, I'm not the biggest Star Wars guy, but it seems like to me this is, again, just playing up the, it's Star Wars. You're seeing these shots again of yep. awesome Star Wars things. Yep. You're going to see the movie. Yeah. So but you, it's <laughs> like, interesting. There's not a lot, like, for someone that, and I grant, I'm, like, one of, like, not many that aren't big Star Wars fans that would be talking about it. Right. But there's, for, for me, I'm, like, a. I got nothing here. It's almost like this movie, they don't even care about your demographic a little bit. No, they shouldn't. Okay. That's interesting. Well, <laughs> they shouldn't care about me. Before I ask Ruggs, I just want to comment. You said it starts exactly like the Force Awakens uh, teaser. Not only does it start exactly, it's beat for beat, cut for cut, the same fucking trailer. That's an template. exaggeration, Imran. No, it isn't. Look at this link. I watched I ha- it. And the, it. The side by side. Some things, some of the cuts match exactly, but since some of the scenes. I'm don't. saying in the same times when they show space battles, insert space battles here. Insert broken helmet here. Uh, Rugs, what'd you think of the trailer? Before we get to the fact that it's exactly like the fucking Force Awakens trailer. I feel like, yes. I I feel like I was had deja vu when I was watching it, but it was fine. It was, I, I don't want to uh, know too much going into a movie. I just want to know it's going to be good. And maybe like a little tease of what's to come. And what they did in this trailer is they dropped like a really big thing where Luke says that all of the Jedi must go. That he says that it's time for the Jedi to end. Yeah. So that's kind of like a big tease. Like uh, in their eyes, you know, they're like, oh, that's something that people are going to talk about. Can I just comment yes. on that real quick? Yes. I would take that as a big tease. And I think it obviously it is. But I've been burned by Marvel or Disney doing this stuff in their properties, like Civil War yeah. or, not, or Age of Ultron. Like there was a shot at the end of Captain America's shield broken in half, right? And then you realize that that was just a dream scene, uh, right? Like so, there could be it could be just a, a red herring or something like that. Oh, probably. Yeah. 
But it also is, you know, we're getting to the end of this trilogy, the end of the Skywalker story. Do they, what do they want to do with the Jedi? I also, I read that uh, a little di- uh, in the, the French version, the translation of that line that they got actually was, it's time for the Jedi to end it, hmm. is what it said. But Well, the movie that, I mean, the title's called The Last Jedi, right? right? So rest, isn't the, this the whole, the whole premise is built on this? And I think the director, Rian Johnson, who did uh, Looper, he confirmed that it is a solo, that it's a singular Jedi. Uh, Can I ask you guys a question? Yes. That that last one that came out, was it Force Awakens? Uh, yes. Prior to us figuring out that, was it Ren that kind of had Jedi powers? Well, Kylo Ren and Rey. Rey. Rey, Rey. Yeah. Is Kylo Ren, was he, does he have Jedi powers? He's just using it for evil? Yes. Yes, okay. I mean, he's a Skywalker. He's, he's, he's a Skywalker. He's I don't got, think that you can... And the Jedi. I mean, the Jedi, well, you can't end the Jedi, but the thing is, the Jedi are just a brand of people that use the Force. All right? Mm -hmm. So maybe the end of the Jedi, that sect that uses the Force, but there's not going to be the end of Force users. So it's really like, doesn't really matter if the Jedi aren't there because it's just, the Force is never going to go away. People can always tap into it. They don't have to be Jedi to do it. And so the interesting line in the trailer is where he talks about the lightness, the dark, and the balance. And I feel like this is where they're taking us. Because if you, the poster, the new poster they put out that's all red, that has uh, half of Luke's face on one side, Kylo Ren on the other, and then Ray down the middle with a, a lightsaber kind of in gray. Uh, the, I, uh, the more I read, I learned about this thing, which, first of all, I realized that, man, people know a lot of shit about Star Wars that, you could really that I did not know. You could really dig deep, and there's something called a gray Jedi. Rugs, are you familiar with the gray Jedi? Uh, I've heard about this before in video games and shit, and I believe it's in some of the other Star Wars canon. Like so, that one shot where you see the books and you see that symbol and you see a hand. Uh, apparently, uh, that's the symbol of the gray Jedi. And I found this awesome uh, uh, infographic. Because, look, you have the Jedi on one extreme side of the Force. You have the Sith on the other extreme side of the Force. Mm-hmm. And then the Gray Jedi are kind of the balance. Huh. Which I got I, another Jedi question. Okay. First question. Yeah. Uh, in, what was the one that just came out? Rogue, Rogue one. one. You know how that Chinese guy keeps praying to the Force? Mm-hmm. Was that a thing prior to that movie that like you could like pray no. to, like use the force as a god? So I liked that that you're force sensitive that some people can kind well, of. Well, he just kept praying to it, and then yeah. eventually like, it kind of like subtly helped him out, right? Didn't he like miss like didn't all those bullet shots miss him or like yeah. laser shots and like and it was like kind of implied that the force was kind of helping him. He's force sensitive, they said, right? Yeah, is that what it is. Yeah, was that a thing? Well, they prior say to that? that they say that you have these things in your body called midichlorians that. Oh right, I forgot about enable those. you to interact with the force, and yeah. I think that um, people have either a lot or hardly any. So, but that doesn't mean that people are just going to stop being born with midichlorians in there. You know, it becomes more and more rare. But I think that there's always going to be somebody who can interact with the force. And that's that's that. I don't think it need you need a church to just like religion. It's kind of like you don't need yeah. the. It's like you don't need uh, a church to pray. You can just kind of talk to God on your own. So it's kind of like the same thing. The same. Maybe it's promoting that idea actually that you don't so, need ide- yeah. ideology. Yes. You can kind of interact with the force on your own. Sure. So on multiple levels, the Jedi uh, interpret the force one way, 
It is it is exactly like religion. The Sith are interpreting the force in another way. And these are extreme sides. One is extreme. Like it says here, the Jedi code is the first line for the Jedi is there is no emotion. There is peace. The first line for the Sith code is peace is a lie. There is only passion. So that shows you where they're coming from. The gray code, the is gray this, Jedi. Is this official what you're reading? I don't know. Yeah, I found what, what it on. It's shit? a link on Epic Stream. Somebody made this and it says there is no dark side nor light side. There is only the force, meaning the middle balance. I thought it was. I, it doesn't look very official. I feel no, like it's a bunch of bullshit. But they like, break it, they, it makes it, they break it down pretty cool, and it kind of makes sense. But like whether the gray code exists or whatever, I think that the the essential thing is that they tried to make this, you know, these this duality of Sith and Jedi, but they realized that that those are just ideologies that you could actually exist outside of those two and still interact with the Force. I think that's the more important thing. And, separate uh, the the sides from the force. Yeah, yeah, I think that's more what they're trying to get at. Maybe I hope I hope that makes sense, but I don't know if they're going to go that way. If they're going to just completely kill all the Jedi and say they're never going to be uh, anybody interact with the force again, I think that's stupid. Look, I still can't get over the fact that this is is it matches that first Force Awakens trailer. Why does this on purpose? Do you oh, for sure, it's absolutely I, on purpose. So they're setting up a thing. I just the the templating of this. Somebody, you know what else is weird? Somebody took the audio from the Man of Steel trailer, overlaid it over this uh, episode eight trailer, and it matches up also perfectly. It's really weird. Like that she says things, and it's, they show up on screen, and even some of the sound matches up. But if it's on purpose. I didn't really. What's the reveal? Because the first time we had the reveal of Han Solo, and that got me excited. This one, I was like, uh, I don't know. It didn't really get me that excited because it was what again was more of the Luke same. Uh, it's time for the Jedi to end. Right? Is that Luke that says that? Apparently, it's Luke. Okay. Yeah. You see a lot of the backs of people, a lot of silhouetted people. I do well, like. I remember the, when that first trailer came out yeah. from last? Like everyone was like, I mean, granted, it was first Star Wars and yeah, forever, that's but everyone thing. was like, this was an amazing trailer. Yeah, yeah. So I think they're just copying that beat. And it does work. Like when I first watched this one, I was like, whoa, like shit. Like, oh, it's just a hand. What the fuck? Yeah. Why was I scared about that? <laughs> <laughs> it just seems so familiar after I was like, huh, why does that seem so familiar? Well, wasn't that first movie? I mean, the like the the running thing was, wow, that's just that seems really familiar. Oh, wait, that's nostalgia. Oh, wait, that's more. nostalgia. So, yes, this is my fear. If so they're this, just playing on if that, this right? movie ends with like somebody getting their hand cut off and somebody else going, I am your father and it ends and it's dark. I'm like, they're doing Empire again. I don't want them to do that. I don't want that. I am your my, cousin. <laughs> in in my non-expert your... opinion, I don't think they'll go that route All this right. time. All right, I hope not because the first one is fine. You got to set it up again. But I do think it. there will be a, a mega-sized Death Star in this one. Well, what was that line from Spaceballs? Uh, your Schwartz is bigger than no, mine. When, a bunch of them. It's, it's, when they have the big reveal, oh, I got to look it up now. Lone Star. He's not his father. What is it? You look it up. While we move on to. A movie that has beaten The Force Awakens records. A movie that every time one of these come out, it goes crazy. And this is The Fate of the Furious. Fast and the Furious 8 uh, broke all sorts of records. It Its opening weekend is now the biggest ever debut at the worldwide box office. It pulled in $532.5 million oh, shit. in a fucking weekend. This breaks the opening weekend record of 529 million set in 2015 by Disney's Star Wars The Force Awakens. However, The Fate of the Furious opened in China 
simultaneously to make that monies. Uh, the Force Awakens didn't open in China until a couple of weeks later after into yeah, its that's run. A big deal. That's so a that big is deal. a huge. So it this China bump it made 102 million North American box office, and I think it made it made 190 million in the weekend in China. Oh, Holy shit. crap! Why, Anthony? Why the first seven films have earned a combined total of uh, 3.9 billion dollars, uh, starting from 2001 when the first movie came out. Why? Why? <laughs> wow! Because this this is your modern like uh, Stallone, Schwarzenegger, eighty. Like this is what the Expendables would be if all those guys were young. Where, where, yeah, we're young. Where and you're just hurts. taking all the big names in action. Yeah. Put them in one film, and put them not only putting them in one film, but putting them into an established franchise. Yeah. yeah. The big That's names in is. action, like ludicrous. That's just over the top. <laughs> That's well, ludicrous. That's the thing too. Like ludicrous and ty- like if you watch these films, yeah. like, they all have like roles that people have fallen in love. With. Like ludicrous is the tech guy yeah. in all these yeah. films, yeah. which is his name is Tech. I think Tyrese <laughs> is like Tyrese is like the funny guy. Like they all they all play up these caricatures. Like this is literally. 80s film on steroids. Yeah. I mean, that, and that's great. You know, we we're talking about Dolph Lundgren, and that was what was, uh, what we loved in the 80s. I mean, and that's when you got Helen Mirren and Charlize Theron you, in look, this. Look, listen to like the, like they have Charlize Theron, yeah. they have, they have Jason Statham, The Rock, Vin Diesel, Tyrese have, Gibson, uh, Tyre- Michelle not, Rodriguez. No, fuck, well, fuck them. Michelle, Rod- but you, Kurt Russell, like Kurt Russell. That. Yeah. All the name, like all the names that you'd want in these like modern films. It's literally, like I said, the Expendables. Yeah. If everyone was younger. Damn. So and actually, these guys aren't that young. They're all like in their forties. Yeah, they're getting older. They're making eight. So they've said they're going to make two more, and that uh, and then they'll just be the Expendables. And then they'll no, then the then uh, the, then they'll be the Expendables. The Rock and, they'll be the new. Expendables. This came out today. Rock and Jason Statham are getting a spinoff. Officially, Doesn't surprise me. Yeah. Which is probably where you need to go. The Rock your... is the guy that revitalized this whole franchise. Yeah, it, he came in in Fast Five. Okay, and they, yeah. they haven't looked back since. Damn, that, have you seen this yet? Not you yet. I, I do it. intend to see it. See it. It's just I haven't gotten. Honestly, like the last one that I saw, which was Seven, I yeah. forgot what it was called. Yeah, Furious uh, Seven. It was just called Furious, Furious 7. Seven. Like I almost was like they should have ended it there because that was like the Paul Walker yeah. death movie. Yeah. So I was like, oh, I don't know if I want to keep going, but. So I think that these the, movies are ridiculous. I, th- and oh, and I, and I quite enjoy them and I, I mean, understand what they are and I love them. There's a submarine chasing cars on the Arctic for Christ's sake. Uh, you know, you had the after the death of Paul Walker. How are they going to handle it? I think you had that going for it. Wasn't there a beef between uh, the rock and Statham or somebody like they didn't get along. There was some drama. And I think that also got people curious. Uh, you know what? They got people curious is the whole premise on this one is and what everyone's marketing this as yeah, or what they yeah. what they were marketing is that. Vin Diesel's character, who's been the hero in like oh, he's a bad six guy. of the eight films, yeah. is the bad guy. But he's not really the bad guy. He's not really the bad guy. No, of course no, no, he's not going to be the bad guy. Everyone's like, oh, that's thing. doing just something different now. <laughs> Those are crazy numbers, though, man. I mean, every time this movie, like the last movie, made only like three hundred twenty-seven million. I'm going to spoil million. it for you, Andy. Okay, okay, let's do it. Hey. Oh, oh wait, wait, wait. Spoiler alert. So what happens actually is that the the bad guy from the last movie. That 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 died yeah. actually takes over Toretto's brain and he becomes a superior Vin Diesel. <laughs> oh, no, 
Take that, Dan Slot. <laughs> they pulled a Dan Slot. That is stupid. <laughs> they pulled a Dan Slot on fit. That would, hey, I go see that. Yeah. I go see that. And he's got They're, my They've literally gotten to the point where they can do anything and it won't matter. Like, they, no one can. That no one is insane. Two more movies. They're going to make uh, some more billions and billions of dollars. I just, I just thought that was nuts. Rugs, did you find the line from Space? Yes, Ball? I did. What is it? It is. Before you die, there is something you should know about us, Lone Star. And Lone Star's like, what? Dark Helmet goes, I am your father's brother's nephew's cousin's former roommate. <laughs> He's like, what does that make us? Absolutely nothing, which is what you are about to become. That's all. <laughs> that is my epic reading of lines. <laughs> and with that, listener, we're going to take a quick break, play some promos of some fun pod buddy friends of ours, and we'll continue. Do you like superheroes? Do you like movies, television shows, and comic books? Do you like listening to a guy rant about these things for hours on end? Well, then you're in luck, because you need to check out Pod Capers, the official podcast of a place to hang your cape. Featuring me, Scott James Meridew, we'll be talking about a variety of geek and nerdy issues, joined each week by a rotating panel of guests that will try to contain me. Jokes on them, I cannot be contained. So please join us on Pod Capers, the official podcast of a place to hang your cape, where superheroes go to relax, but I never do. Cue the music! Trivia Geeks, the Unpredictable Game Show podcast is back with a brand new season. They've got a new host, new games, and a new day and time. But that's not all. Now you can download their companion app, Triv Now, and play along in real time. Watch Carrie on YouTube as she tries to convince her partner that his dark night hasn't risen in years. Listen on Diamond Club and Alpha Geek Radio, Wednesday nights at 9 p.m. Eastern. You can also follow the show on Facebook and Twitter and get all the latest updates and showtimes. Hey, what's up? It's Taylor Gray, the voice of Ezra Bridger on Star Wars Rebels, and you're listening to the Jock and Nerd Podcast. Hey, listener, before we continue, I just want to talk to you just one-on-one real quick. Uh, If you've been listening for a couple of weeks now, you've been enjoying the show. If we've made you laugh or chuckle even once, uh, won't you consider joining our fun fan club at jockandnerd.com slash Patreon, just like... Our latest listener turned patron, Matthew Lawrence. Jockin' Nerd. Thank you very much, Matthew Lawrence. Joey Lawrence's brother is now an official member of the Jockin' Nerd fan club. Whoa. And he's enjoying hours and hours of bonus content. I don't think it's actually that Matthew Lawrence, but it's a dude named Whoa. Matthew Lawrence who listens. You were great on Boy Meets World and Super Samurai Cyber Squad. Yes. Great role. Anyways, jockinner.com slash Patreon. You will get a, a uh, an RSS feed that has an exclusive extra bonus content Jockinner podcast. Uh, there's post shows, instant reactions to movies, whole episodes. You'll learn what Guava Doce is. You can hear Anthony's sex stories. Uh, <laughs> sometimes we get all politicky and religiony and deep. And yeah. uh, ooh, it's, it's a ton of fun. It's more show. It's more show for the dough. Value for value, listener. That's what we're providing. We entertain you. Uh, you kick back a couple of points, just like the mob. Yeah. All right. That way, we don't got to reaccommodate you. Uh, let's talk about, uh, on the small screen, 
DC been working on the show, which was uh, their uh, version of Gotham for Superman called Krypton, right? Okay. The show was being written and produced by ugh, David Goyer, boo, uh, for, for Warner Brothers. And earlier this week, this trailer pops online. Here's the thing. I don't think they meant to leak it. I don't think this was even like, oh, let's pretend to leak it to hype this up because the trailer has since been pulled at all sources. Uh, the show hasn't been picked up to series yet. And it, it only, and, uh, and so it's still in negotiations. It wasn't supposed to get out, but it did. Do you think that was a tactic? I see. I don't know. Maybe to, I also thought recently I couldn't find it. I thought they put it back up after seeing the response. I kind of feel like when they do this, sometimes they're like, like they're not sure if this is worthy. They're going to leak it. What do you guys think? Do you think it was I think on it's purpose? A tactic. I think yeah. it was a toe in the water tactic to kind of help it get to series agree. order so that they get the order. I would agree that they, I think they were really confident because I'm reading the, this guy's review yeah. since I didn't actually yeah. see the trailer and it, the guy, the guy that you linked liked it. Yeah. So I think what happened is they were real confident with what they had. And they're like, let's just throw it out there, and then we'll get. We know that people will rally around this, and then we'll just take it off like it was some sort of leak. like it was a fuck up. Rugs, did you get a chance to see it to watch it? Yeah, I saw it. Uh, what did you think? It's a clearly heavily influenced by the Man of Steel. Yeah, Krypton. You see, Very like much so. Yeah, yeah. You see a bubble city that maybe like Candor, and uh, a lot of the same. The S is the same style, and you see the little codex thingy from yeah. Man of Steel. Uh, but what did you think of like the feel and the tone of it? Well, the first thing that threw me off was the whole grandfather thing. Yeah, so this is this is Carl's uh Carl's Cal L's Cal L's grandfather, and the narration is he's sending his grandson a message. Which my question is, how the fuck does he know he's gonna have a grandson? Like, who's he talking to? Uh, somebody five hundred years in the future. But his name is Seg L, and it's all about the the family of L and the house of L. Maybe they all just record each other. Yeah, they're always <laughs> they're always recording each they're other. Like recording they're, things. they're uploading themselves into these matrixes that they can talk to their kids to. You know. Yeah, and Kryptonians they all have British accents. I yeah. thought that was interesting. Who knew? Um, but it, did, it had a very sci-fi feel. It seemed very like Game of Thronesy, Shakespearey kind of uh, drama. Yeah, but. Being as how, you know, it just, it reminds me of, like, the Man of Steel and the dark design. I'm like, I don't know. Is this necessary again? Like, why don't you just make a Superman show? Like, Are you I, interested in Krypton at all? No. Who gives a fuck about Krypton? <laughs> okay. Are you interested What's in What's interesting Krypton? about Krypton? The only thing interesting about Krypton is that Superman's from there. That's the only thing that's interesting about it. And that it blew... It's, I actually, I would argue that Man of Steel, the, the best moments of in that In the film, beginning, yeah. We're actually Krypton. I was like, wow, that world looks kind of cool. My other problem is though you're you're now you got a show about a race of people who have incredible superpowers when they're uh, in front of a yellow sun on another planet. So now it's they're just regular people. Yeah. Uh, well, that's the right. whole reason why they could do it because it doesn't cost anything to make. That's a good people. point. That's a good point. And uh, I mean, the sets look cool. I mean, and- you can do the intrigue of you know the fact that they have. I mean, it could be an allegory that we use for. You know, the greenhouse effect and everything. Yeah, yeah. That they yeah. have a planet that they know is bad and not doing shit about it. Yeah. And we can use it as an allegory for that. But, like, you know, and maybe the politics and some Game of Thrones stuff, you know. You get a little bit in. of that in Supergirl with her, like, aunt and stuff. And that stuff was kind of interesting the way. Well, there's also, like, the like Krypton, from what I understand, in the 
DCEU is like basically like a factory. Like you are bred to become a politician. Right, right. You are bred to become in good into the military. Right. You are bred to be a leader. Like maybe there's that like, well, what if that's not my destiny? Right. What, where's free choice? Yeah. Where do yeah. I fit in? Yeah. Like I don't want to be a fucking politician. I want to be Superman. Yeah, it's like yeah. every other like dystopian novel that comes out. Right. And he does have, like like you said, he has that codex and he plugs it in a, a Superman shield and bleeds on it and it lights up. And uh, Can I give my thoughts on it, even though I haven't seen yeah, it? Yeah, you see that there's enough screenshots in here to kind nah, of... Nah, I haven't seen it. I can't really give like a real genuine thoughts, but um, or like thoughts based on this trailer that came out. But based on the fact that it's on sci-fi, right. which is now spelled S-Y-F-I. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> it's just easier and, to remember that way how to spell it. And it's supposed to be on this dystopian planet. Yeah. And I've seen what prequel that DC has done recently, which is called Gotham. Yep. Based on all those three things, I don't see how this could be anything less than a disaster. Yeah, I don't know. I, th- I don't know. I wouldn't count out sci-fi. They do some cool stuff. Every they, it would have to have really compelling mystery and drama. There is a comic uh, that they may base it off of, The World of Krypton by John Byrne and Mike Mignola from the 80s. It's tough when sci-fi, for, as like the casual, not casual, but as like the, the fan that never watches sci-fi other than like when you're scrolling through your TV guide on your remote. Yeah. When you keep seeing like gigantic snake versus monster crocodile. Yes. Or like mastodon it's versus fucking. It's hard to take fucking, them seriously. Yeah, everything. you just can't take that. Sh- you can't take that. Look, shit. They, what, they do, what, what sci-fi does, and it does well, yeah. is that it does the sh- it takes the shows that come out of Canada Yes. That are very risky and kind of like different. Yep. Okay. It, even though they're low budget as fuck. And, you know, they're, they're, when that comes with a lot of problems, but they give you interesting things. Like, remember they had, they had those, um, continuum. Continuum, continuum was the humans. last thing I actually watched. Oh yeah. And humans continuum was the last thing I actually watched regularly on sci-fi. Cause it was that good, but it was a Canadian show that they just brought. Yeah. And it's actually a really cool show. Yeah, it was a great show. I mean, low budget as fuck, but still, it was interesting. And it, I loved, and it was an action packed show. I mean, it was yeah. an action packed, but I mean, they had some action that was cool in it. And they it was had, smarter like, time travel than you yeah, know, what it's we're way getting more on intelligent Legends. than the shit that you see. Yeah, yeah. on um, even on the Flash. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So I wouldn't okay. count it out. I mean, they All do right, do a lot right. of shit, but you they have occasionally have a diamond in there. Uh, but you know, we they CW has given us a Superman like. Why don't you just make a Superman show? You know why you got why why do you got to do this? No, no chance. No, he's a Superman uh, show with uh, the DCEU. He's coming back in another appearance in Supergirl, I believe. Uh, but look, let's move on to our next story. Speaking of Gotham, uh, Gotham Agents of Shield, I Zombie, are all looking pretty good to be renewed, which is surprising. Oh, shit! For the Agents of Shield, they are hopeful. For a season five pickup. The only reason I mentioned Gotham is, uh, Rugs, have you seen the fucking preview for next season? Like, Bruce Wayne is going to be training with Ra's al Ghul in the fucking next season of Gotham. I don't know. Whatever. <laughs> yeah, like, are you just making a Batman? You're going to make a Batman? You see little Bruce, teenage Bruce, like, beating up fucking ninjas. Like, they should. Shit. Like, what's going on? Like, this kid can't be Batman. He's And he's getting really big and really old really quickly. Well, yeah, I, I have a problem with that just out of what I've seen out of Gotham and also the fact that you can't 
it's just it's impossible for me to believe that he's interacted with all his villains. It, it, yeah, if you think about it too much, it doesn't. It's you terrible. start to go crazy. Yeah, that, that's ter- like they can't all be linked like it's this. However, you can't have connected. They, them I, I, life. you know, it's entertaining as fuck because it's crazy, and and the guy playing Riddler is good, and it's and the guy who was Penguin if is you're good. Watching but, it, and you know that it, you're, like, you're watching just some bullshit. Yeah, and it's fine. You get that. That's how I've been. You're uh, like this is just a bunch of bullshit. I can't like, actually take this with any kind of. Yeah. seriousness so no surprise powerless probably won't get picked up for a second season uh but did you watch all the episodes ever? i did actually oh I, I i just had it on and it's so bad you are a masochist you are a fucking masochist. i really like you know, let me you look. you were like are like the epitome of <laughs> yeah, self-sabotage I can't do that, man. it was the the shiite muslim in me is my version of self-flagellation <laughs> like i was just whipping myself <laughs> on the back with a switch like just purge me of these sins powerless Purge me! And boy, did it. It's completely humorless. But look, Aegis of S.H.I.E.L.D. getting a fifth season uh, got me a little geek boner. Geek boner because, look, it, it hasn't had the ratings it had when it started, obviously, and it's been no. shoved back. So this is time definitely. Now, now we're going to find out in uh, uh, early May. Yeah, why but are you saying that? The, act because like the it's, like it's going to happen. They're, cause they're, when they come out and they're like, oh, we're hopeful, uh, something's going on. But look. Rugs, I think you have an issue with the framework, I noticed. I do. Okay, so have you caught up on the show? Yeah. Okay, what do you think so far? Okay. Well, well I, let's do this. Hold on. Spoiler alert. Okay. I do think that it's an entertaining story, but when you actually sit there and look at it, you're like, what the fuck is, <laughs> what is this that I'm watching? Because, okay, The Matrix, this is what is aping The Matrix, right? Yeah. But the Matrix, it's like all people plugged into a computer and just the environment is fake. So right. all the people that are talking to each other and everything and have all these memories, you know, they may may or may not be real memories or whatever, be altered in some way, but they're still people and they and you know, whatever. So for an artificial intelligence to keep to create all of these people that have all of these functions and all these emotions, yeah, and all these places and all of these things that interact and intertwine with all these other people, I feel like that's just a bridge too far. It is a reach that Ada programmed all this shit. At the same time, dude, we get to see Ward again. You see like, Trip again. But, but, you but see all the these thing. old like, people come back. If Ada created all this stuff, there's no, then then none of this stuff could happen. The whole reason why the things happen in the Matrix because it's a human being that's right. going counter the programming. How is programs gonna like? You know what I mean? It's just weird. Well, I mean, yeah, like Daisy and Simmons are kind of the humans that are going to have to counter Ada's programming. And right. if you die, she should know everything that's going on. She should. That's a good point. She should know that where they are, every, where they and entered, and what they're saying, every what second. they're saying, because she controls. She's and it's kind of cool how she's Madame Hydra in the green, green outfit. And her and Fitz are like a thing. And even like the framework shots that they have of them in the thing. I mean, it's so low budget that you can't really buy it. Like, it doesn't. If they would have shown like some kind of really cool shot, they, they could have done it in CG of this big gigantic framework with all of these servers and and, and, all, and like kind of all of these. Oh, she's things. like in the basement somewhere. Yeah, she's, she's <laughs> with like, like she's like next to me, next to the boiler. Over yeah, there. yeah. There's like a bunch a boiler and a bunch of like uh, uh, just metal looking yeah, boxes. So it, it's it, it is doesn't weird. help sell the idea to me. Now, if you die in the framework, you die in real life, and a but major not, character died in this last episode. But this is another question I have: is that uh, two people that are dead are already in the Matrix alive. 
Uh, she, uh, yeah. In the framework, she, I mean, I said the matrix. Right, right. Like, she, so Radcliffe, she so uploaded him die. to the framework they, they and be able killed to him. They shouldn't be able to die then because they're it, already dead. It is kind of a confusing, like, what the rules are because they went looking for him and he's like, you can't get out of here. Like, that's not, there's, there's no way. And I'm like, I don't know. I, I'm enjoying it despite the fact, I think you're right. None of this really works. If you think about it, it doesn't make sense. It's, it's, a, it's a huge MacGuffin. And it's a it, huge forced, it's forced MacGuffin to get yeah, where they're going. It's really forced. And that's yeah. the only thing that keeps pulling. If, if they would have done this a little bit better, it would have been a masterstroke. Like, in, in doing the Matrix. With Agents I, yeah. of Shield, I think there's something I don't know. It's going to center on May, and because uh, she's still the center of this thing, yeah. So I, I I don't know. I'm I'm just intrigued to see where's this going. Like, where the fuck are you going with this? Uh, you get to see people who have died come back. It's it's kind of nice. These numbers are crazy. 2013 Agents of Shield debuted to an astonishing 11.9 million viewers. Season four opened with 3.4 million uh, viewers. Yeah. So I mean it's it's yeah. it's it's a different show now. It is, but again I really It's on a ten too. That's it's on, a 10. it's on a ten. I'm enjoying they're, they're not aiming for that. Yeah. Like when they first came out, that's what they wanted. Yeah. Now that now they know what they are and, yeah. and people know and more importantly, fans know what they are. Well, I like that they're this season they know that the only people are watching are the people who have been there the whole time. They're hardcore fans and they're just fucking going balls out because they're hopeful for a renewal, but they don't know. They're going to have to possibly end it real quick. Yeah. Yeah. I think other than the plot, the writing is is really good for the characters anyway. Yeah. Yeah, the flip, the reverse of all these characters is really fun to see these guys play against, you know, who they are. Uh, I'm enjoying that. Okay, moving on to another Marvel TV show that is uh, going to debut on Freeform, and that's Cloak and Dagger. We got a trailer. So Freeform, previously branded ABC Family. You know, so you hear that. You're like, Freeform. You're like, Cloak and Dagger. A, ca- a pair of characters I, I do actually like because they were first introduced in uh, Peter Parker, Amazing Spider-Man, way back in 1982. Uh, and I've seen their, their appearances with Spider-Man. So they're great characters. And I was like, uh, what are they going to do? They put out this trailer. And it's surprisingly very good. Like, I was very uh, su- impressed and surprised that I would watch this show. Well, we'll give it a shot. But Freeform is the worst name for a TV station. It kind have, of is. How can Disney even allow that? They're like, it's so terrible. <laughs> We're going Freeform. It's terrible. What, what is that? Mean? I was, I'm reading what Freeform is on Wikipedia. Yeah. It was obviously, what is it? they said the, the, the ABC family. Before that, it was the Fox family show, I think. Oh. Um, but... <laughs> the channel primarily consists of TV series and fil- films geared towards teenagers and young adults with some, with some programming skewing towards young women in the 14 to 34 age range. A target demographic designated by the channel as... YA-14. No. Quotation marks, becomers. What? What? Wait, hold on. <laughs> that, that demographic is called the what? Becomers. Becomers, because they're becoming... Becoming adults. Okay, you know what's really important about what you said there? That target demographic, this is why they're pushing these shows on this channel because it's kind of the age range they don't really have, do they? They have stuff for little kids uh, up to 10 years old, the cartoons. They got stuff for older teenagers and adults who grew up reading this. They need to hook that angsty teenage years. And I got to tell you, this trailer... 
while being full of teen drama and angst, I I I I didn't mind it. It wasn't forced. It felt good. It felt uh like sincere. What did you watch during those years, Imran? What are those years again? You said eleven to fourteen? No, no, no. Fourteen, 14? to thirty-four. Oh. But mostly gearing towards teenagers, young adults, and, and like when as you were you like are, a junior a in high school, what were you watching? Junior? I was probably just watching fucking sitcoms and shit. Yeah. Really? See, my that when I was in that age range, year and this that? is obviously a different era. Yeah. But I was a t- shit ton of MTV reality yeah. TV. Shit ton of it. So that was like the real world, real world road rules. Oh yeah, no, like I was watching uh, Pit My Ride, yeah, yeah. like all that. Okay, shit. so I was around then. I was watching MTV when there were videos, and you know, I remember Yo MTV Raps Unplugged was a uh, fucking. Were you huge. watching uh, the the nine hundred two one zero? I think I was briefly, yes, because that's what all the girls are watching. Yeah, so they're tr- so our my age range was watching One Tree Hill, the OC. Yep, yep, yep. yep. So well, this, I mean, okay. you know, you look sense. at, yeah, you look at like what Riverdale and they're kind of, this new Riverdale is kind of going for that same, that same audience, that same age range. I like this move because they, now you got this, you're getting these middle and the wit and the girls and you're getting this middle group of kids. Well, here, here's the thing that kind of confused me about I, when I, first off, when I first heard that this was on, I was like, total disaster. Yeah. It's like, no way, no way in hell I'm watching this. Watch the trailer. And I'm like, and I put this on the community page. Yeah. I'm quite surprised, no, knowing what channel that this was going to be on, yeah. that this feels closer to the Netflix stuff yeah. than it did to yeah. like Agents of Shield. Yeah, like even the, even the color grading yeah. is like a bit darker. Yeah, I don't, like there's this weird like dark edge to it. Ron S. Hans also commented, "Looks better than Iron Fist." Oh shit! Uh, he's not he's not wrong. He's not wrong. I liked it. Yeah, I liked so it. So you see Tandy and you see Tyrone, and you know the thing about this was, was always great was it's a, a white girl and a black guy, and they kind of. Uh, they're both runaways and they were experimented on at the end. There's that great, uh, Roxanne sign, which ties it into the whole MCU. Roxanne, of course, you know, who's been in Iron Man films, the Avengers, Agent Carter, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., Daredevil. Uh, so I love them tying this into the universe and, uh, they're not in the ultimate version. I'm glad they're not going with the ultimate version because they were on their way to prom and then there was an accident and it, it just sounded stupid. Yeah. Uh, but you see, Rugs, what'd you think of it? No, I thought it was going to be like a like a love story. It looks like a love story. It looks like a star-crossed lovers, yeah. you know, kind of thing. Um, that works really well for for teenagers. The angst of like, did it feel teenagery to you? Um, well, there's a new form of teenager shit. Now. Yes, yes. I mean, you got okay, a- yes. after the advent of like Gossip Girl and Pretty Little Liars. And all that shit. Now there's this thing on Netflix called 13 Reasons Why." Yeah, it's getting a lot of flack. And um, yeah, it's getting flack. Yeah, because they because it's uh, the show's about a girl who commits suicide, it's glorifying and, it almost. And she makes 13 tapes about the 13 people that caused her to do this, and that's broken up. But yeah, they're saying it's not like a, a, a healthy uh, message on uh, teenage suicide. I've got. I haven't watched it. I kind of want to watch it though. Not all this. Pr- well, I, I, I'm not gonna watch it. I, f- I think it's gonna suck. But like, <laughs> I mean, <laughs> it's, it's huge like, right it's not, now. It's not out the audience for that shit. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. But, but that this this trailer looks like a lot of that stuff. So they they're they're nailing the audience and the look for that audience. You, I like how you see Dagger use some of her powers. The cool thing about these characters, right, is just their powers and the fact that they were engineered to be light and dark, like cloak. 
has this cloak where he can disappear into darkness. He can transport, he can transport other people into his cloak. And then dagger throws these light daggers. Her light also helps people's addictions. She can like get people unaddicted to drugs and things, which I thought was interesting. And it was unclear to me yeah. as a, not a big fan of cloak and dagger yeah, dagger. Yeah. You could see dagger, get her dagger yeah. with the white light, yeah. but you never saw cloak. No. Yeah. Yeah. Well, when he like just shows up on the, Roof and he's like, how did I get here? Like, I think he just teleports. Power. Yeah, he's a lot of teleportation. But his he has a hunger for light, which Dagger feeds also. So there's a very symbiotic relationship between these two characters. They've I, I've always liked Cloak and Dagger. Uh, the stuff I've read from them. So Freeform must really like what's going on here because they're again we said they're doing a new Warriors TV show on Freeform, and now we know what heroes are going to be. In this uh, series, it's come out. This new Warriors, of course, it's going to have Squirrel Girl. We know that. Doreen Green, Squirrel Girl. Uh, Mr. Immortal, whose superpower is he cannot die ever. Uh, and we're going to have Night Thrasher, Rugs. Yes. Dwayne Taylor as Night Thrasher, who doesn't have any superpowers, but he's a self-made badass uh, like fighter. Yes. And he built all his own, his his costume and uh, his helmet and shit. Speedball. Robbie Baldwin will be in this. He can launch kinetic balls of energy. He can bounce around. Uh, Microbe, who can talk to germs, is his superpower. And he can uh, read people's minds and shit, I guess. Uh, a character called Debris, who has low-level telekinetic powers, and she's a trickster. And there is your new Warriors team for another Marvel Freeform show. Sounds good. Yeah, that's kind of cool. I like the lineup. Yeah. It's I don't just, know. I just, I feel like, um, they, Squirrel Girl's not, not really a part of this team. She, they just kind of tacked her on there. She's part of like a, the newer, uh, new warriors comic book team. Okay. So the, she, they put her on the old team lineup then. Yeah. They kind of combined the old team and the new team. I like okay. this. But it's, I mean, it's interesting now. So Marvel on ABC is going to have Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. maybe another season. And what do you humans. think this is going to be like in tone? Is it going to be like a weird, like, YouTube channel thing? I it's I feel like it's got to be a little bit goofy with these characters. These are, you know, like Night Thrasher's badass, but Doreen is, Squirrel Girl's goofy. Speedball's goofy. Uh, one of them's a trickster. It it should be a little more fun. You know what? I'm, I'm reading about Freeform as you guys talk. Yeah. Um, and they, they rebranded in like last year yeah. at January 2016. And like they're kind of going through this transition where they, they kept a lot of the ABC family programming, which was like a little bit more kitty. But they're trying to transition towards this like culturally progressive adult content. Ah. So I think that some of this Marvel stuff is, is gonna, some yeah. of that stuff that's trying to transition. It's their like bridge. It's keeping it yeah. young, yeah. but like more in that 14 to 34 range rather than that. Let's all sit around and as a family and watch TGIF yeah, sort of deal, yeah, you know, yeah. like that more like that more that like that void that MTV. I don't even know if MTV still has it, but like capturing that audience. Nobody that watches MTV it anymore. Has. Does anybody watch MTV anymore? And why I, don't I, they? I don't. Can we just change the name already? There's no music on fucking music television. Just call it. Something I, don't, well, I don't think anyone reversed refers to it now as music television. I think it's just MTV. Like, I know there's people that watch Team Wolf at one point, but that's that's Shana, not the Shanana Nana Chronicles. That's not. No, that movie. was. That was not even good either. I watched a few episodes of that, and I got disinterested in it. I just like seeing Marvel TV kind of branch out, you know, ABC, Netflix, Freeform. They know each platform. 
and they know their audience on these platforms and then they know the characters where they could deliver these things. It's kind of cool. So, and it's all kind of tied together still huh. as we see. I'm, I'm, I cloak and dagger. Like I said, had, I was like, I will never watch that. And then I watched the trailer. And I'm like, I might catch the first I episode. I would totally watch this. There's another show. I bet you guys will watch the first episode. And it's the possible upcoming King Kong live action TV oh, shit. show. Huh. What? Yes. <laughs> Revealed in a press release, the two companies have signed a deal to adapt DeVito's artworks King Kong of Skull Island novel itself. A continuation of the world of the original Marion C. Cooper King Kong film with the blessing of Cooper's family. Written by Jonathan Penner and Stacey Title, the TV series will be a contemporary take on the franchise, a serialized drama with a female lead who would be in charge of a multicultural ensemble that delves fully into the wonders and horrors of Skull Island and its origin. Okay. Uh, so it sounds like this will be, you know, we had Kong Skull Island. And he's going to be King Kong versus Godzilla in a year or two. Sounds like this is going to take place in the 30s. Uh, if it's going to be the original Marion C. Cooper, a, a sequel to that. Uh, uh, this is, I don't know. What do you think? Do you think uh, we need a King Kong TV show it's set in the 30s? Like, it all depends on where they, what station is making the show. Do you know? No, it doesn't say where. Is it a cable TV show? Is it like FX? Is it like HBO? Who the fuck knows? Is this uh, Netflix? who knows? Yep. No, this article is entirely three full paragraphs. See, that's, that's it. that. If it's network, it's gonna be shit. I'll right. Tell you that it, right do, now. it does matter where it's going. Absolutely, because the network bean counters are gonna be so like fucking frazzled about like advertiser money and the ratings and stuff that this thing won't even survive two episodes. Here's what we know, though. That they use the buzzwords. It will be diverse. They put female no lead multicultural ensemble. Like, was that necessary to fucking... That doesn't mean anything. It means nothing. No. If people watch it or they don't watch it. Pandering. Yes. Uh, let, me, let me comment on this real quick. Totally depends on the budget. Yeah. What they can fucking do with this. It already, to me, like, screams fail just because... I don't know how you can have the budget to do a King Kong on TV. Yeah. And if it's called King Kong Skull Island and Kong is just heard in footsteps and like pause. Oh, and you never see him. Uh, no, that's just not. That, that's literally like doing what Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Yeah. What the, the, the mistake that Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. It has was to be done by like HBO or something. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, you're right. Like if it's on the CW and they do like Grodd, like that's going to not. That's not going to work. Yeah, no one's going to work. That's not going to work. I got, I got a uh, Kong update, though, for you guys. Box office wise. Okay. How much is it? Guys ready? Yeah. Let me pull it up real quick. So Kong domestically didn't do as well as uh, Godzilla. Really? Yeah. It made. I'm not surprised actually. 162 domestically, but what compared to Godzilla's 200 million. Whoa. Oh, wow. Yeah. But overseas combining the overseas take, it made like 552. Yeah. uh, Over worldwide. Yeah which basically saved the movie. Right. And it made actually more counting worldwide than Godzilla made. So it made more worldwide than Godzilla, but less domestically. Less domestic. That's yeah, interesting. Uh, it banked a lot of money. Well, it, it was a very digestible movie. Yeah. But I think also the, the time it came out was, a, was there's a lot so of shit. Worldwide, including the domestic take, Godzilla was at five, about 530, 529. Okay. Kong was 552. And that's in its whole run, right? Which is, which is interesting to me just because Godzilla is the 
Japanese character. Yeah, it's, I was going to say it's reversed. Yet yeah. he made more domestically, yeah, yeah. and Kong is the homemade yeah. monster, yet he made more. Oh, we always like what the other guy has. Plus, how, how about the fact that Fast and Furious made all that money in its opening weekend? Oh, shit. Like the same amount. That's crazy. <laughs> like, think about that in comparison. Yeah. Well, I just found it interesting that. Yeah, that 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 is a good That's point. Crazy. I just found it interesting that yeah, the flip, the the, the, dichot, the flip yeah. like that of, and I, I'm like, why why would that be? Well, I mean, they're comparable. They're not like you know, it's not like blowing. It's not huge. No, it's not huge. It's it, I mean, it's at the end of the day, it's around this. When we're talking millions, it's around the same. But like Kong didn't make back it back its budget domestically here. No, which is interesting. But Godzilla did. Yeah. I mean, I think Kong was a little more like popcorny than that Godzilla. It was more digestible and not as character uh, strong. As I got, Godzilla. I got one. I think I it plays better. I think my theory is that, that that King Kong is a more universal movie. It's yeah. like anybody oh, can sit down and watch it. Godzilla was a lot really talky. Yeah, and you know it dragged a lot. So it's like that's not going to work in a in a foreign market. I got, I got a different theory. I would go Godzilla domestically. We were kind of almost yearning for a Godzilla after 1998, yes. like an American, like a real, let's get a real American take on yes. it. Whereas na- for worldwide, they're like, this is the 26th Godzilla film. Who gives a fuck? <laughs> Whereas King Kong, no one was asking no, for that domestically. Right. right. But worldwide, they're like, we've only gotten like five of these films. Where's our next King Kong film? That's also true. It could be fatigue. You know, like there's fatigue here and then there's fatigue but worldwide. But you want to know what my thing is that we had that great Peter Jackson movie in 2005 and that yeah. pretty much said yeah. it all. Yeah. It was, this movie was unnecessary. It's only the only Yeah, yeah that's true. It. it didn't really, yeah, just to move this I, franchise I just think along. that the fact that it's a very easy movie to watch that doesn't require a lot of thought. Yeah. I think that that. Well, so well is it? That's what I'm saying. Look, is it? Yeah, you're is right. Is it? Is it? Fair, and this is going to sound horrible when I say I'm going to offend half the world. But is it fair to say? Look at the numbers for Fast and Furious. Uh, Jurassic World did the same thing. The dumber a movie is, the better it kind of does overseas. Is that? Uh, it seems to be the trend. Yeah. Well, be. I mean, yeah. I mean, that's putting it like in a very simple. Yes, very way, simple like, way. When you like translate our language to other like it's sometimes it's not a one-to-one right you know right, like right, some, right. Of the, some of the subtleties in our the way our dialogue is might not translate absolutely. To like china absolutely. or like to russia or whatever you know like sense of humor you might lose, sense of yeah, humor you might lose some of the sense yeah, of humor yeah, you might yeah. lose you might lose the subtleties yeah. in like the, pl- the overall themes a lot of american films have american themes yeah. and like that might not play well and yeah. it's kind of like the same thing with like jackie chan movies versus jet lee movies yeah you know yeah. like jackie chan movies are like funny and they're a comic relief and they're not really that serious so that he's it's like, like clown a kung star. fu yeah he's a bigger star than jet lee at the as at the time you know what i mean because it, only incrementally but i mean i mean and but in terms of like you said in a- action and comedy like universally like the slapsticky physical stuff is gonna play well all the time you look at bollywood movies every fucking movie is fight scene dancing fight scene dancing fight scene that's but that's what they love to see and it doesn't uh there's not a lot of plot there the jackie chan comments actually interesting because i remember watching the jackie chan films as a kid and like the american made ones yeah i found funny yeah 
But the ones from China, they were, I didn't think they, they were, were serious. Funny. I thought they were too slap. No, it wasn't that they're. It was like I don't under like this isn't funny. This is oh. like this is like three students. Yeah, okay, it was slapstick. Funny. See, yeah, yeah. And I kind of I remember watching. So like that's yeah. maybe that trend. Like just it goes both ways. It does. Is my point. And I've always loved Three Stooges, and I love those those slapstick. Remember when Shaolin Soccer came out, and then that other one, Kung Fu Hustle. Those are all yeah. of these big comedy movies with yeah. fight scenes in them. Like basically like Bollywood movies. Yeah. yeah, yeah, they were, and they had like sound effects and wacky like boing and boing. So those things and play well in other countries. They just, uh, you know, it's more of a universal theme. Uh, boy, okay. Last thing for the news, just gotta say happy birthday to one of my favorite shows, and that's The Simpsons. The Simpsons turns fucking thirty. Oh shit! This week it turned thirty, and it has a spot in the Guinness World Records as the longest running. U.S. sitcom, and it's the longest-running scripted primetime TV series of all time. Oh, shit. Bart should be 40 years old. Let me think about it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, April 19th, 1987, Tracy Ullman show was the first time the world saw The Simpsons. And just, I mean, that's 600. It's got like 630 episodes. It's going to have more episodes than Bonanza. Do you still watch it? I, I, you know what? I caught a couple episodes this season. Uh, the great Fatsby was their first hour long episode. It was a great Gatsby spoof. That was really good. And then they did this great 30 for 30 type episode with Bart having this whole basketball career in like kid basketball. And it was exactly like 30 for 30. Really well done. I don't watch it as religiously. It still gets recorded, and when I have time, I catch it, and I, I don't know. I still like it. It's just, what what a crazy thing for this animated show to be on for 30 years. Yeah, I feel like I don't watch it, but whenever it's on, and I and then I'll watch, I'll, you know, if, if it's on, I'll watch it. Yeah. it. I don't go seeking it, but if it's on, I'll check it out. It'll always be good. It's it's one of those shows that... I'm in the same boat. Yeah. It's one of those things that when I didn't have cable, yeah. I would watch. Yeah. Or it didn't have like a DVR or, and, and like to, and, for me it was like I had I was I watched religiously for like maybe like 12, 13, 14 seasons for a long time. I was I saw every episode and then I just kind of stopped watching. And now I'm like even in the reruns are episodes I've never seen. So it becomes new again, and that's kind of cool. But it's because they have over six hundred fucking episodes. Yeah, uh, I don't think I could ever watch all of them now or find all of them. Yeah. So happy. And that's that's pretty badass, though. That's crazy. Happy, good for happy, happy birthday. Happy 30th. Happy 30th to The Simpsons. I wonder how much longer it will survive. Uh, okay. We got a Science of Superheroes segment here, guys. I got an audio clip from Adam Morris answering Matt Delhauer's question from a couple episodes ago about Miles Morales and his sting power. Uh, here it is. Take notes. There will be a pop quiz later. Hello again, everyone. This is the official jock and nerd science guy, Dr. Adam Morris. I am just checking in today to address Mr. Matt Delhauer's question about whether Miles Morales' venom blast power, where he sends an electrical discharge out his fingertips that paralyzes his prey or his opponents, has any bearing on the real world with spiders and insects. So, i.e., are there spiders or insects out there that can you know, stun their prey with an electrical charge? Before I get to that, I just wanted to quickly parry the hatchet with Mr. Delhauer. Uh, again, we've had a bit of an indirect confrontation through the podcast uh, because I thought that he was implying that scientists, you know, just take money from funders 
and find whatever the people paying them want them to find. Uh, After listening to the last podcast, I understand you don't actually feel that way. And again, no hard feelings, man. It's good to be skeptical. Always question science. It's what we do for a living anyway. But let me just say from my perspective in the environmental sciences, again, we're a lot of chemists, biologists, toxicologists. If we wanted to make a ton of money, we could work in other fields. We went into environmental sciences and sciences by and large because we want to try and make a difference. I'm not in it for monetary gain. And most of the scientists I know aren't in it strictly for money either. It's nice to be comfortable and we do okay, but we're not in this game to just max out you know, our salaries here. Um, so keep that in mind, but please, again, always be skeptical and uh, no hard feelings at all. Um, so to get, get to your question, I couldn't find any evidence that uh, there's a spider or an insect out there that uses electricity as a stunning mechanism uh, like Miles would. Um, what I think the Marvel writers were doing was using the electrical charge as an as a equivalent kind of thing to the neurotoxic effects of Black Widow and Funnel Web Venom which are the neurotoxic spiders. Those spiders can create neurological kind of shutdowns. Your heart can actually fail because it's not depolarizing properly. And sometimes your diaphragm is also not contracting well, so your lungs will fill with fluid, and that's usually what would kill you from one of those bites. But if you get treatment, and if you're a healthy adult, usually a black widow or a funnel web wouldn't even kill you. Um, So those are the closest kind of analogies that I could find within the arachnid grouping. The only things that I know of in nature that create an electrical charge of sorts are electric fish, for the most part. Electric eels are obviously the most well-known, and they're actually not an eel for the record. They're actually a bony fish in the family of electric fish, or one of them. Uh, So they have these organs that act like a battery, and they can create voltage and and a large enough current. They can sometimes stun their prey, and then obviously they make it easier for them to eat. Um, that said, the electric eel is the only species that I know of that creates enough current to actually paralyze their prey. Most electric fish create an electrical field, and then they use that field to sense prey in the dirt um, or around them, or just to sense their environment because they live in dark and or murky environments, so they can't see well. There is one oriental hornet that actually uses the sunlight to depolarize the pigment in its outer shell. And that creates a small electrical charge that dissipates throughout the shell um, and creates a current. And nobody really knows why. It's really interesting, actually. Um, They think that it might be to power their wing muscles a little bit more, so it gives them a little extra boost. could be to help with their metabolism just in general, or it could be to help regulate their temperature because they're actually active during the hotter parts of the day, which most wasps, bees, and things aren't. Uh, But nobody really knows, which is really uh, always an interesting puzzle in science. So that's the best that I could do for you. I hope uh, at least partially answers your question, and I hope we can bury the hatchet, brother. And uh, take care. Thank you, guys. All the best. Talking nerd! That was awesome. You know what's hilarious is I these guys had to make up because I'm shitty at paraphrasing. Oh, shit. It, there, yeah, there was no beef. It was all my fault. Uh, not uh, get feelings. <laughs> Thank you very much, Adam Morris. Interesting shit, man. It's always interesting uh, from Adam Morris. It's always good when you have someone that actually knows what they're talking the about. The man, you know? right? He knows his shit. And that whole... De- we don't. The, yeah. de- the depigmenting from the sun sounds like my vitiligo, except I have no electrical powers. So something I just, I missed out. Your power is that lighter is always working around you. Yeah, that's all. <laughs> that lighter will always have fluid because I have no pigment in my skin. And it'll, yeah. Your skin is eroding. I, it'll, I am not a leper. It's, it's vitiligo. <laughs> that's something different. I haven't gotten there yet. Anyway, we're going to cast you out of the kingdom. 
I'm going to have to join the leper colony or register as a Muslim and go to an internment camp. I don't know. One or the other. Uh, Last thing, listener, like I said at the beginning, I have a special offer for you from a listener, from a very awesome listener, David Zika. Here's the deal, listener. He wrote into us saying he has one three-day pass to the Tampa Bay Comic-Con, which is on July 28th through the 30th, which he can't use. Because he has other plans, so he has offered to give it to us, to give it away to you, the listener. This is a $60 value. Oh, shit. First of all, David Zika, you are so fucking awesome. Thank you so much for that generosity. Like, this is great. It's a great reward, a great community from the listener to the listener. Uh, Second of all, I guess you got to be in the area of Florida, Tampa Bay. Yeah. I'm not sure if you uh, you were in... Any other spot that you take? Uh, unless if so, listener. Unless you plan on going down. If there. you are going to be near Tampa Bay or near the area, July twenty eighth or thirtieth, or you live there, if you want to take advantage of this three day pass to the Tampa Bay Comic Con, here's what we're going to do: just email us show at jockandnerd dot com. Uh, it'll be first come, first serve. First person will work through it. I will get you in touch with the David Zika, and uh, that's it. It's a little bonus for you. All we ask. This is all we ask of you, listener. If you're going to take us up on this offer, if you're going to go to the, attend the convention, is spread the word. Talking nerd. Yes. Just talk about the show ad nauseum. Uh, get people to subscribe. There is a flyer you can find on our website, jockandnerd.com slash about. Uh, maybe you want to print it out and uh, pass it out, download it. Uh, we'll get in touch. We'll help you. Just spread the show a little. And uh, as a thank you to David, listener, you can always... Find his uh, eBay store, Zika's Viral Comics, where he sells very unique uh, individual issues of comic books on eBay. Check it out. Link in the show notes. Thank you from David Zika to you, the listener. So let us know if you want to take advantage of what we got. Thanks. And thanks to David Zika from the job. That's that's awesome. That's so nice. I love that. This all started when he... Wrote us not so nice things. <laughs> this all started when we railed on Batman versus Superman, and then we called them out, and now we're like the best buds. But like that's the, that's the great thing about fandom. Yes, you know, you argue about stupid shit that doesn't even matter, and then <laughs> and then you become friends. Yeah, because we're not mad at each other. Not dude, Zeke has passed out flyers at uh, uh, at other uh, conventions he's gone to. He's great, great listener, great guy, great supporter on Patreon. Thank you, David Zika. Take him up on his offer. That's the Tampa Bay Comic-Con. We've had Daniel Moses on, who she works for the company that puts on Tampa Bay Comic-Con. That's one of her cons. So it's a good show. All right. Well, that's all the show we got for you today, listener rugs. Tell them where they can find you. Well, if you want more show, go directly to Patreon. But if you want more rug boy, you go to Twitter and you find me at really rug boy. You're such a sweaty, felty American. Is your shirt still off? Well, I'm wearing an undershirt. Oh, geek boner. Oh, see, I was hoping you were. Nah, it's not the, my tits out. Nothing. That's not the mental just, image I was just, hoping for. Just looking <laughs> down and just being disappointed. <laughs> Listen, listener, if you like what you hear, tell a friend, subscribe in iTunes. Actually, it's not in iTunes. Real quick, Apple's rebranding everything. It's now called Apple Podcasts. It's the same fucking right? thing. Yeah. I updated, I got to update our Facebook cover photo, I updated our website. You now have to say, find podcasts on Apple Podcasts, because now it's like Apple Music, Apple TV, Apple oh, Movie. Yeah. So they're kind of moving away from like the iTunes and the podcast iPad app. Yeah. So leave us a rating, review, subscribe, and Apple Podcasts, tell a friend. Thank you. We appreciate every second you spend with us, with us in your ear hole, all nestled 
nice and lovely. Uh, thanks for listening to the Jock and Nerd Podcast. My name is Imran. My name's Anthony. He's the jock. He's the nerd. We'll hear you next time. Thank you.